Hi, this is Brenda Hilton with Officially Human. Thank you for listening to the Crown Refs podcast, episode 70 and 71. Serve the games. You are listening to the Crown Refs podcast, the audio experience for basketball official officials. Serve the game. Crown Refs Podcast is brought to you by Neat Tucks, the best way to keep your shirt or uniform tucked. If you're looking for that clean, professional look on the court, there's only one way to do it. Log on to NeatTucks.com and order yours today. Neat Tucks and Crown Refs, serving the game. Really excited for you to hear these next two episodes and proud to introduce you to Brenda and Tim Hilton of Officially Human, which is their new officiating brand, and they're going to be a major player in this space. We've spent a lot of time lately on respect and sportsmanship, so it's very fortunate for us that their company has come along and been created to help restore sportsmanship and support for officials in all sports. They're working with all the major brands in officiating from NFHS to NASO to IABO, RefQuest, Sports Officials Surrendered, and we're blessed and honored to also be on that list, Crown Refs. So I hope you enjoy these episodes. They are way outside the lines of X's and O's and talking plays, which we do every day. We also have the bigger picture in mind, not only serving the game, but changing the game too. Brenda, so I love that your vision and, as you say, foundational goal is to restore respect to game officials and improve the culture of officiating. You know, that last line has been an absolute theme of mine since I started putting out content, and I've been spending a lot of time on it lately through the podcast and with social, so it's just perfect timing that you, your husband, and your wonderful brand that's supporting referees and umpires in all sports that we get together. So I just want to send you a genuine thank you for that. Please tell us what you are doing exactly right now with Officially Human. Okay. Well, thank you for all that you do and everybody else out there that is passionate about the same subject. So when we first started, it was a lot of conversations. You know, who, who would even talk to us about this mission? And um, we had to, and we're still working on figuring out exactly where, where we're going with this. You know, I, I could do 20 things, but somehow you have to have time and you have to have money. So um, we're concentrating right now on honing in on what is what is exactly what, where we're going to go. Um, over the last four or five months, we've had a lot of conversations. The National Federation of High School has been very, very good to us. They've been a great partner to us. They gave us access to all the state associations. So the first thing we did was we, we pushed out a survey. Um, we had 14 states respond and participate. And in those 14 states, we've had close to 19,000 responses. And what were some of the survey questions? Uh, how long have you been officiating? How long do you plan on officiating? What is your sport? Do you think venue signage helps? So it, it, it covered a wide okay. array of, of subject matter. And so currently, we partnered with the IUPUI that... Sport Institute, and they have our data. They are actually breaking it down for us. They've been a, a really good partner for us. So once we have that data analyzed, then we're going to take that and we're going to come up with a marketing strategy. Okay. Um, I think in in a perfect world of Brenda Hilton, it would be a nationwide push. 
to get the same consistent message, you know, in all all regions of the country. So everybody's kind of seeing the same thing, that this is a nationwide problem. It's not unique to one area of the country. And then um, we'll have our content created and push that out. The NCAA is obviously involved now. They, they, they know that this is a crisis. Um, some of the pro teams understand that it's a crisis. Obviously, the high schools do. Obviously, the grade schools, the, the club. So it's how do we all come together at the table and talk about this and, and push out this a consistent message? Because the one of the problems right now is everybody's piecemealing. And, and if you have kind of one organization that, that is working together with everybody else to push out the content on what, here's the messaging, here's how we need to attack this problem. I think we might, we might get somewhere and, you know, Crown Refs and all these other organizations that are out there, everybody has great ideas. Somebody needs to bring them all together. That's where I see you stepping in. Yeah, I really thank do. You, thank you. You're forming this alliance right now. Yeah, that's what it. That's what it appears yeah. to me. I, I, some people call it, you know, non creepy stalking, but <laughs> I, I, I agree with that. Um, yeah, and and to go back when we first started, the because we're in the state of Illinois, I reached out to the high school association there and said, kept calling. His name is Sam Knox there saying, hey, I think, I think we need to give a lot of constituents a voice in this officiating crisis. So they actually allowed us to send a survey out to all their coaches in the state of Illinois at the high school level. And that survey returned about 2,500 responses. So we, we kind of knew that we might be onto something with this survey work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more we talked about talked to people, it was like, well, okay, well, let's really get the voice of the officials. This, let's let's hear what they have as far as fixing the problem. And I do think that the NASO survey is there's incredible, incredible data in there. And then I think the officially human data, you bring those two together and you come up with a great plan. And mm. I, I think I think we can make a change. I really do. So you said you're waiting on to get a lot of results of your data, but just uh, the little bit that you've got so far, what has been your take on what the officials have, have said on that survey? That the, the, the parents and the fans mm-hmm. are the problem. People don't know the rules. Sitting in the stands, you want to interpret those rules in your own way. There is a lot of confusion if you're watching a college game, the, the rules in the It's true, high different sports. Sport. Yeah, yeah. And we all, I think, interpret things our own way. And then you're like, all right, well, yeah. How, how are you supposed to even address that from an officiating standpoint um, to even get to the fans? And then, you know, we asked we ask the question of signage. Does, will signage help? And we think it will. I think maybe we need to get more aggressive with our signage. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it, put some kind of message that's going to promote accountability. Sure. And if you do A, B, and C, then then this is what's going to happen. Yeah. One of one of the things that we we've, we've talked about for a while is, um, and it, it it could be part of our marketing strategy, is if Bismarck Kenning High School in. I got something for you. Keep going. Okay, Bismarck, Illinois. Hey, we've got kind of a an idea that you take to your parents and your parents, you know, agree to, Hey, this is a good idea. And you get 70% participation. Well, then you are now officially human certified. You believe in the positive treatment 
as a school in officiating. Mm. So then they get signage in their in their arenas. And people ask us all the time, ask me all the time, you're trying to change behavior. No, we're not. We're trying to raise awareness of behavior. That's all we're trying to do. So if you're sitting in the stands and you're yelling at an official, well, Brenda Hilton is next to you and like, hey, you know what? We keep doing this with people and we're not going to have officials. Mm-hmm. You keep raising awareness. And again, you're standing at the concession stand line. You've got a sign there. Oh, I didn't know there was a shortage of officials. I, I should probably think twice. And people really will. I mean, it's just that you don't know. Mm-hmm. You, people really don't know. I didn't know. And by the way, I was that nasty fan yelling at Paul, you know, <laughs> because my son was going to be an all-star. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, wait, maybe maybe he's not going to be an all-star. <laughs> and Paul is a human. Right. So, Forgot about that. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of parallels there that we just have to look at, um, you know, the from the parents' view, we have to give them the officials' view, and the officials, I think, already have a really good view of the parents' sure, view. Sure, yeah, we do. Yeah, but um, it, just recognizing that. Yeah, they're lacking empathy on, on, the, on the other side. Sure, You know, sure. we have to be empathetic of, of, of coaches and how hard they work and how important their season is, right? Yeah. But it's just that lack of two-way empathy coming right. our way. Right, right. Paul, you're, you're coaching. Mm-hmm. So you're coaching, and you have two really good seasons because you have some all-stars. And then you have four really bad seasons. Paul's job is on the line. And parents want to have your head because they want to win. But you don't have the talent. <laughs> so how you know how do you resonate that to the parents that, hey, I'm really sorry, but your kids aren't very good. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lack of accountability, blaming an official for mm-hmm. your loss or your poor play. That's just purely a lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't blame anybody for, for anything. I blame myself. I think everything is... Something happens, it's my fault. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that uh, one of the questions that I always want to ask a group of parents is, you went to work today. How did you perform? 70, 70 to 80, 80 to 90, 90 to 100. And, you know, hey, if you performed at 70 to 80%, did you get absolutely annihilated from your coworkers? Most are probably going to say no. All right, well, 80 to 90%. Did you get absolutely annihilated by your coworkers? The average official across the board performs at probably 80 to 90 percent. That's a pretty good day. Mm-hmm. It really is. And when we went to talk to the high school parents, we said, we understand that you're frustrated that a lot of the officials are old and they have bad knees and they're overweight. But this is all we have right now. So if we continue down this path of being mean to them, they're not going to be there either. Mm-hmm. So you really are not going to have games. And you know what they could do? Also sign up. Sign up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Take, take ownership of the situation and maybe try to promote change by you taking the class, seeing what it's like. Maybe you'll be a great official and yeah. you know you could, you could learn from, from this. Yeah, for sure. But, it, but it's really, really, really easy to sit in the stands of course. and just be mean. It's so easy to ref from the stands. Yeah, yeah. Again, I was, I might have been yeah. a parent, you know. <laughs> Maybe. So, have you thought about signage? Because I just oh, yeah. got a. Okay, great. Because I could see you guys in every high school with a beautiful sign with your logo. Yeah. That has a, a great line or two about your message and sportsmanship, and yeah. you don't have to have just one. You could have. Well, we have we have the option right now of, of creating. We have pop up banner, banners, and then we just have like field banners. 
and it's we can drop in any school's logo or any company's logo if we want to have a sponsor on oh, it. Oh, good. And then we have boxes that have messaging in it. So we already have those created. We can share I those love with that. you. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I want one for my gym. Okay. Yeah, definitely. We'll sign you up. Yeah. Um, and, and I think right now that, that we still, we're still working on where all this is really going because, believe it or not, Paul, there's a lot of people out there that really, really have a lot of strong opinions on what we should be doing. It's it's Brenda with everybody else trying to figure out where, how are we going to get reach the most people with the right message? Mm-hmm. And that's where we need to, sometimes I'm a little aggressive, so I take a step back and say. I like that. <laughs> I'd rather you be aggressive than <laughs> passive. Oh, yeah. Because you're going to know your answers by the more you do. And yeah. The, and the more output you have. Yeah. I, uh, we were meeting with a athletic conference, a Division One athletic conference this this week, and um, got some really good feedback from them. And I said one of the one of the downfalls of Brenda Hilton is that she'll go all out right now, and some and not always think through the whole okay. thing. So I've had to learn patience yes. over over this whole process. Yeah, and we've had people tell us we're we're a couple of years ahead of everybody else on you know trying to get yeah, we the are. right messaging. We are early on this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when you're doing something innovative and new, sometimes it takes time and not everybody gets it. But you got to stay, stay right. clear to your vision. And, and by the way, we didn't get here in a year. It took us a long time to get to this point. It, we got to keep working on it and mm-hmm. refining it sure. and refreshing it. You can't, you know, the, let the coach, coaches coach, let the player. That got stagnant. And everybody got comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So how do you continue to refresh your message? No, that's a great strategy is the signage. I think that's a mm-hmm. great look for you guys. Yeah, in your face. Yep. And your website is tremendous, by the way. I really appreciate you trying to help recruit and retain officials. You're making a real effort to inspire prospective candidates to get connected to the profession. So according to your survey data, what are some of the top ways to recruit and retain officials to where it's sustainable long term? I can tell you for a fact that it is not social media. Officials do not get recruited on social media. The number one way officials, well, I'll say two ways. They sought it out themselves or by another official. So we have to figure out collectively, not not Brenda Hilton officially human, but collectively all of us have to figure out how do we get Paul to recruit five officials in the next year. How do we get Bo Borowski to recruit new officials? Every one of us has to take a responsibility for it. Um, a, lot of, a lot of places say that, or a lot of people say that, well, we need to get them from the high schools and the, and the colleges. Well, what people forget is that these college athletes have now been doing this since they were five years old. They're burnt out. They don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. If they want to go play a pickup basketball game, that's what they want to do. But... It doesn't seem like the interest is there. I don't have data. I don't have fact on that. This is just from talking to a lot of people. That college athletes don't necessarily want to do it like they did 20 years ago because they've played so many games. They've been in it too long. Sometimes their knees are bad. You know, they, Their bodies are worn out. You'll see a lot of kids as they go into the high school sports say, I, I just don't want to do this anymore. I've been doing this for so long. And... And it's, it's a little bit sad that some of these sports are year-round sports now. We're, yeah. I think we're burning people out on it. 
and that is not I can't change that I'm you know there's a lot of money in in those sports but as far as getting new officials I think that's what we have to incentivize officials to bring in new officials and we get a lot of feedback on the cost of a camp mm-hmm. for people trying to get into it and um, was it Jeremy from referee magazine that what that Trevor talked to Trevor, Trevor that yeah. talked about the cost yes, of get, yes, getting yes. into it. Startup costs yeah. for, for a kid in his lower 20s. Right, is right. understandable. Right. And then, you know, you're talking about a 14-year-old or a 16-year-old um, trying to get into it, and they don't have the money to buy the, you know, the shoes and the shirt. And, you know, I, I don't know how much a whistle is, but, you know, maybe there's a way out there that even state associations are pushing more scholarships for these kids to, to attend these camps. Camps are expensive. Yeah, they are. They're very expensive. You're making an investment in yourself. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's why you have to look at it long term. Mm-hmm. Like you're putting money back in. Yeah, I had a one of the conversations I had with a, a volleyball official last week. He said, "This is his view. I don't have fact on this either." But he said, "We've lost the the twenty to thirty year olds. That 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 group is gone. So how do we how do we now get to?" the under 20 group so we can bring them along and I don't know the answer to that but I thought that was a you know a good analogy that hey you know that 20 to 30 year old group is maybe they're a lost cause so where's the where's the generation is the generation behind that is that where we really need to focus does Paul need to go out and find you know five 16 year olds that want to ref yeah elementary school I know what you said about the, that the new officials are not being recruited from social, but I think that's partially because it hasn't been available, and, and that's point. where all the kids are. You want to know where the twenty to thirty year olds? They're on. They're on their phone. Sure. You want to know where the sixteen year olds? They're on their phone. So maybe we haven't thought, we haven't thought about it enough to where we should be pushing on social. We're not. You shouldn't be pushing a magazine. Right. You shouldn't be pushing a newspaper. That's mm-hmm. that's over. Right. Right. For the and maybe the TikTok that you spoke about earlier. Maybe that, maybe that is the way to. To try to reach them. It's crazy with t- TikTok right now and the amount of views you can get. I put out a video. My fifth video I put out, I had five followers. I got 20,000 views. So we need to put our video on there. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. That doesn't happen on Instagram. Right. You can't have five followers on Instagram and have 20,000 views. Right. Right. Crazy. Right. Right now I have like 20, 30 followers. I had like over three videos. And I don't really care about views. It's not like I'm out here raising my fist. Right. Like 20,000 views. But I had uh, 11,000 on another video, 10,000, or I'll have like six. Yeah, right. But you got to get in the game. You got to start swinging. Yeah. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of, lot of kids. You might be able to really do some big things. Well, and, and when we talk about recruiting officials, uh, we will direct everybody to the federation because they have the whole recruiting um, toolkit there. And then it just funnels down to the state. So, yeah, maybe that's that's something that we do for sure. Uh, I. I'm excited to see more of these videos. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, I think you should do yeah. them in, in other in other industries too. You yeah. could, it's endless how many you could do. Right, right. You could do it about this hotel. Yeah. About you know angry customers or something that sure. come in. Yeah. It's and and that would play on TikTok. That would play in mm-hmm. in a social setting. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, we're we're excited to to do it. And so in that video, it's the athletic director and it's just parents from the school that are in it. Mm. It was. You know, didn't cost a crazy amount of money mm-hmm. to produce, but he had the idea. He's got some other ideas he shared with us too. But yeah, good one. That's yeah. a good one. 
So how has the response been so far trying to recruit new officials and, and the data that you had? Are, are you tracking um, you know, new officials that are entering because of your no, platform? Not, not yet. Okay. Not yet. We're still so early in the process. And um, I think once we really get off the ground, and especially once we figure out the, the marketing strategy, then we'll really push that. Um, sometimes the, the, the recruiting thing is just a little bit harder for us because we're not experts in it. We want to be part of that. We want to be part of the solution. So once we once we have the strategy down. I was looking at your LinkedIn background, and you worked as an administrator for the Big Ten for over eight years. That seems like a terrific building block for you to get that kind of ultimate firsthand experience of the officiating industry, but from a unique and different perspective. So that must have been a real influential platform, like in your development, to inspire the mission that you have now. Can you talk about your experience with the Big Ten and what you learned in the eight-plus years working for one of the major NCAA conferences? Yeah, and, and to, to be fair in this, uh, I spent 11 years at another athletic conference. It was the Mid-Continent Conference. Summit? Yeah, and now the Summit League. And that is probably where I gained the, the broadest experience in working with officiating coordinators and officials. And, um, you know, back in the day, it was game fee per diem travel. And I was very, very conscious of getting officials paid every week for their game fees, for their games, because I understood that, hey, they're paying their money out of pocket, especially at the MidCon. You know, we were one of the lowest paying conferences, and sometimes it could be really expensive to get to Southern Utah University from Indiana. Mm -hmm. So I made a conscious effort to get officials paid, and I really, I I built good relationships with those coordinators, and I'm actually, actually, some of those coordinators work at the Big Ten as well. So we still continue to talk and and feed off of each other. Um, When I came over to the Big Ten in 2011, they asked me to come there and only focus on men's basketball officiating. And that is... That's great. Yeah, that was the bread and butter of So you got to really fine-tune that in in a specific target area. And, And, you know, again, like I said earlier, traveling with them to games and just listening to their stories and, you know... Two years ago, there was one official. He was working a, a game at Syracuse, and it was a it was a late game on a Saturday night. Weather was coming in. Game went into overtime. That official had to be in Michigan in Ann Arbor by noon tip the next day. Well, they got to be at the arena an hour and a half before. So all of a sudden, there's a storm coming in. He's going to miss his flight because the game went into overtime. He drives all night. Mm-hmm. And so we we think about that those experiences. I, I wouldn't have known those, you know, just right. being at the Summit League, but but now being at the Big Ten and just the resources that we have and to listen to these stories and you know, we have one official that was walking off a court three or four years ago, a fan spit on him. Mm-hmm. Okay, well now you want this guy to go into the locker room and you want him to regroup and come back out yeah. in front of seventeen thousand screaming fans. So the Big Ten has been very, very good for me to listen and learn from the officials perspective and um, working the basketball tournaments and doing their travel and their hotel rooms and everything. Well, we were assigning for the Midcon account, I'm sorry, the summit league, the mid American conference and the big 10. So at, when I first started the big 10, we had three conferences. And so you have this pool of 20 officials that are working all these tournaments. And if somebody's in Cleveland, Ohio, we want them in Indianapolis the next day but you're in March, and you can't count on weather, so you're trying to figure out, okay, well, if Paul can't make it, 
back to Indianapolis, we got to put somebody else there. It's a fascinating world. Mm. <laughs> it yeah. really is. It's a, it's fascinating to be part of it and listen. And then, you know, again, they're at the end of the season. They are tired. They're sore. They're they're trying to get through injuries and. You just can't, I, I, people just can't appreciate it in, unless you've really lived it. Mm-hmm. And living it has been an amazing experience. I mean, I tell them all the time, I don't know how, I don't know how you do what you do because it is exhausting. And again, like, I think it was Jeremy you were talking to about the, the number of games. And he said, well, I'm not traveling as much, but he's working, he can work two or three games in a day. Yeah. And people don't, they just think, they show up at a game and there's officials there and this is great. So, um, and the and the Big Ten has you know they've recognized that there's there's some things that we need to work on in the officiating world and so that's been good because I borderline stalk people in the mm-hmm. office like you guys know this is a problem right we gotta we gotta work on this. This and, is what it's gonna take though knocking on some doors. Yeah, yeah, and and now that the NCA has fully recognized that things need to be done, I think hopefully we'll make some progress and. Um, I think I still want to stay independent because I want to make sure that I continue with my mission mm-hmm. and action and not get caught up in spinning wheels. Yeah. So. Well, we need those major organizations like the NBA and the NCA, sort of the top of the funnel, so this way it can trickle down to the youth levels, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's harder to make it trickle up. Right, right. So, yeah. like, if you have the NCA on board, that's a great step. The Division Three commissioners, they've been fighting this for a little bit, and then um, they partnered with the Pictor Group, and the Pictor Group kind of took up on that, and then the Division One, Division II um, reached into it, and they know that we have a lot of data. So, um, you know, we're, again, it's not officially human fixing this. It's a lot of us on board together moving forward. Brenda, have you ever officiated before? Nope. <laughs> nope. And that's what's fascinating to me about your story is the the fire and passion that you have for officiating and wanting to renovate and bring positive change to the industry. What's the driving force behind you building this platform for officials? Living it for 20 years, watching. Bo Borowski and I started in Division One the same year. So he, you know, we've grown up in this business and obviously he's really taken off and I'm just here for fun. But the relationships that that I have with so many of these officials and the the way they embrace Tim and I and treat us as one of them in any of these sports. I mean, it is it is an amazing group of people and you don't continue to do it if you're not good people and mm-hmm. they're really good people. And I just I'm fascinated by how they do what they do, or you, yeah. how you do what you do every day. I mean, I, there's no way I'm putting on a striped shirt and going out there. Hmm. No way. I, I'm envious of all of you. <laughs> but, yeah. Like you said, it's all about you know being a good person, and we, we wouldn't have got to this place with pushing our message if we weren't pushing positivity, because there's no way for, for me to like have a podcast and speak negatively about coaches or players. I talk about the actions that they do, and I talk about how to deal with it and how you know we could better effectively handle it, but I'm not out here like cursing at coaches and throwing them under the bus because that's only going to make us look, look bad. Right. So as long as we're doing it respectfully in the right way, then we're going to hold the leverage. Yeah, yeah, you know? I I agree, and and to have this independent voice that is is passionate about the positive treatment of officials can only 
help bring us all together. Yes. And that, that I think, is very powerful and, mm. and fun. Well, I'm happy I'm on your team. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that you never met me and you put me on the team already, I, I guess you, you believe in what we have going on. You know what's interesting, too? When, when I first started on this thing, I'm like, I could reach out to that person. I could reach out to that person. And next thing you know, you have 30 people. Then you have 100 people. Then you have 200 people that you can reach out to. And if you're not in the officiating world, you don't really know what's going on. So a lot of our messaging, talking to people, is just explaining to them that, hey, there's this crisis going on in officiating. And they're like, what? I didn't even know. You know, you go to your high school football game and people are yelling and screaming at the refs because the guy is 60 years old. And you're like, well, you realize that there's there's a problem going on here. So it's it's taking that taking those relationships and helping them push your message that you're trying to, you know, at least address the problem. And yeah, there's, I got a lot of contacts, mm. a lot of contacts. So, and now I'm starting to really reach out to them. Yeah. I mean, borderline non creepy stalk. That sure, sure, sure. Aggressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I just love that you're raising awareness on the issue of fan behavior by putting out content and you have a tab on your site dedicated to documenting the abuse and overall lack of respect towards game officials, mm-hmm. which is not only having a negative effect on the current officials working these games, but it's also acting like an obstacle that's preventing new ones from wanting to get involved. So what's been your main approach to, to tackle this problem? Um, as far as the treatment? Yeah. Communication. Talking to people, signage, you know, raising awareness, not changing behavior, raising awareness of behavior. That to promote change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that happened naturally. Yeah. And I don't know how long you can use the grassroots effort line, um, but when I first started this thing, I'm like, I'm going to start this grassroots effort to humanize sport officials. <laughs> I don't know how long I can how long I can use that, but I'm going to use it as long as I can. But it's working. I mean, people are talking about it. And that's what it's going to take. Um, the Division One conference we were talking to this week, you know, they're like, this is great. This is great that you're taking on this initiative. Well, you know what that that conference office is going to do? They're going to go talk to five other conferences. Hey, have you heard of, of Official Human? They're trying to humanize sport officials, which is what we need to do. It, it It's going to start working. Mm-hmm. It's just going to take a little bit of time. When did you get the idea? <laughs> Maybe the third week of January 2019, sitting at my well, table. Is, this is new? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're a baby. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you the line that, you know, most people are sick of hearing that I was sitting at the table on a Saturday morning drinking coffee and just put out, I wrote down some business plan. It was terrible. It's terrible. And, mm. and so Sunday morning, I drinking coffee with my husband, Tim, and the living room. I'm like, this is what we're going to do. And I went through the whole spiel, and he said, if you can say that in front of 100 people, you sold it. Oh, nice. And um, so then, you know, he helped. We kind of rewrote the business plan, and then I just started. I just started emailing people and calling people. And like I said, the, the Illinois High School Association, I'm like, you really need to do this, okay? There is a problem. And I think, it, you know, not to digress, but to digress – I think in these state associations, there's going to have to be some hard conversations on how officiating assigners assign, because 
there's a sense of we don't have all the data back and we don't have it all analyzed yet. There's still maybe a good old boys network. And and that's a hard thing to change. But like I've told a couple high school associations, the time to change is now because there's all this attention on the officiating crisis. So that could happen naturally without getting a ton of press. Just quietly change, you know, a few things in your assigning process. And I had, um, I've had some officials reach out to me in various sports and say, you know why there's not more women in officiating? And I always say, well, maybe it's because the interest isn't there. These women are saying, no, because people don't want us officiating. They don't, they don't want us. So, you know, that's going to have to be something that's addressed. And again, hard conversations. And one of our, one of our values is being honest and suggesting hard change. I can't change it all, but I can suggest it. And then it's up to, you know, whoever that, whoever that group is. But there's a couple of sports that are just hard to change that culture. Yeah. And, and to, to recruit, you know, more diversity in officiating, you know, one of the things, was it you I was talking to, or maybe somebody else, um, going to the boys and girls clubs in, in these areas and, and talk to these kids. I think Trevor had mentioned that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know, let's, let's get into some of these boys and girls clubs and you know, yeah. other organizations that, hey, this is a pretty good gig for somebody. And, and if there's people out there that are willing to help with the startup cost for these officials, you might find a lot of really, really good people that want to do it and are interested, men and women. As I talked about you offline, you know, I have a background in, in human resources and in kind of culture building, culture, you know, changing. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, you know, led us, I think, in part to the survey work that Brenda talked about because in these companies, you know, Getting the pulse of the organization is really important and, and making sure people stay engaged in the business. And so, you know, if, if a company is experiencing high turnover, like the officiating world is, people come in and they leave after a few years. we got to figure out why that's happening. And so the survey work, I think, is going to help us build that database of knowledge and really start to, you know, the survey that went out was, that, that Brenda put out was, you know, a 53-question survey. So, you know, that's a lot of questions. And that's a lot. While demographics and stuff like that is, is part of it, and, and NASO has done a lot of that stuff too, you know, these questions about training, camps, assignment, um, how long are you going to do this, why would you leave, you know, do, do you get treated well by not only fans and parents but coaches or the venues or hmm. the administration of the venues, you know, all of that stuff is, is contributing to that culture. And so we got to figure out where are the, are the weak points or maybe the broken, the broken points. And so once we do that, and we'll have that soon, I think, from this broad survey that's been done to start, um, we'll be able to go back to, you know, uh, a state organization and say, here's what's happening in your state, and here's how your state compares to the national you know, averages or, or scores that we have, and we can start to figure out, you know, what each state needs to work on, 
And so while some things that Brenda's working on will be happening um, collectively at a national level, there still will be state level stuff that needs to change or even regional you know, work that needs to happen and sport by sport stuff. Yeah. You know, basketball is different than yeah. lacrosse. Got to make it contextual. And, and lacrosse may be popular in the Northeast, but nobody in Kansas is playing right, lacrosse right. or whatever. So um, those kinds of things are also part of this equation. And so my role has just been really behind the scenes. You know, I don't have a ton of time to, to dedicate to this or availability to dedicate to this, but I'm helping Brenda talk about it from a, you know, if I was running a business, here's what I would be thinking about. If I was changing a culture or attempting to, I know it's not going to happen overnight, but here's how I would start. And it starts from getting feedback. It's in our world, it starts from getting data from a lot of people. And then after this quantitative effort of gathering a lot of information, we can start to go back and talk about it from a qualitative point of view and say, you know, let's get the right people in the room, whether it's in Kansas or it's in New York or it's or it's a conference, um, let's talk with them about how to implement some of these changes. And then, going forward, monitor, is it working? Are we improving? Are we retaining? Things like that on a go-forward basis. Thank you for that. That's great. You guys seem like you have a great team. You know? <laughs> we do. We work pretty well together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, I think her experience... While, you know, she's worked in, in sports for a long time, it's funny because if you go back to when we got, when we, when we met and we got together, Brenda was the most non-sports person you'd ever, you would have ever met. And she would ask me, well, why do you waste so much time watching all these games and getting all fired up about the Cubs or, you know, Illinois basketball or whatever it happens to be? And I just said, I can't tell you exactly why, but I think it's because when you're watching a sporting event, something can happen that has never happened before, and you just don't know if it's going to happen that day, but it might. And so, you know, we we got to know each other, and we got together, obviously, you know, 30-plus years ago, but, you know, it started from the foundation of I was a sports fan and a sports nut, mm -hmm. and over time, I influenced her. Um, to, to spend some time with me watching some sports and then somehow she ends up working in college athletics which is just still mind-blowing. Um, <laughs> it's mind-blowing to a lot of people. But, but so, you know, fast forward 20 years and she's got all this experience in the sporting world. Um, it's fun to, to, to learn from her of what she's hearing and seeing, you know, behind the scenes. I've been able to, you know, be a part of meeting a lot of these officials um, whether it's Big Ten or other other places, and I can only you know support what she said that there's just an amazing bunch of people that are really good people, and they don't do this for the money. Well, some of them make a decent amount of money doing this because they're the best of the best. Um, the bulk of them, you know, when they start at the very beginning, they do this because they love the sport. You know that they worked, they grew up playing it, or you know somebody else played it. Um, you know, they did it because their kids, you know, were playing. And so they're doing it from love of sport, and it's not about the money for them. And so, you know, when you see people that are passionate about something that, that uh, you know, they're just doing it for love, 
yeah. that's that's really cool. And so that's what I think happened with Brenda um, and starting Officially Human is that she fell in love with with these people and this the culture. This culture of, and, you know, we were at the PAVO meeting in Pittsburgh just before Christmas. So it's the Professional Association of Volleyball Officials, and they they work from D1 down to, you know, JUCO uh, volleyball. And so we were at this meeting, and they had some open mic sessions where they just had, you know, they had the, uh, the mic available for people to ask questions or whatever. And we happened to be in the room because we were going to be presenting. And you could feel the... The, the camaraderie and the, the, the caring that this group had for each other. And so, you know, if we could take that that we saw there and get that everywhere, it would be the greatest thing ever. Um, they seem to have something there that we need to continue to learn from and, and try, to, try to get it, mm-hmm. put it in a can and ship it out to everybody. But, um, you know, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change that culture across across everywhere um, in every sport and so it's a marathon it's not it's not a sprint it's going to take a long time and it really be it really might be if as Brenda mentioned if we lost the the 20 to 30 year olds which I'm not necessarily believing that we've lost them completely but if we have you know we we do need to focus on that next generation and over time we need to to get that generation to go from you know yelling at officials to wanting to be an official and so it's how do we do that and it starts with you know parents and it starts with the fans and the behavior at these games and getting people to understand that um, instead of emulating to your kid that it's okay to yell you know you should be talking to your kid about how cool it is that this guy is or, or gal is refing the game and uh, it's a way to stay attached to the sport that you love and so hopefully, you know, that's part of, what, of the messaging that we, we can do over time. Hmm. You know, Paul, you, talk, you talked earlier, uh, Tim just said something that reminded me, um, you talked earlier about signage in your gym. And is there, in your opinion, is there value to putting an earnings potential sign, you know, hmm. of an official, a high school, an elementary school official? Hey, you know how much you may, money you could make? I think it's it's good. I don't know if it's realistic. Are, are we going to put signs up about how much you can make? Um, yeah, to, to I don't... To bring I, officials in, you're saying? Yeah. I, I think I it's know. a good idea if they'd say yes. Yeah. You know, if schools want to, you know, kind of go a little bit deeper into that message yeah. of how we can... Or maybe even push it out through social media, like some, you know, 10 fun facts on officiating. Again, content. Yeah. You're putting out content and you're letting people know the possibilities and yeah. they have no they have no idea. A lot of people don't know it's a great side job. I mean, yeah. I'm so lucky and blessed that I found this. Now I do three sports. I work all year round mm-hmm. and I couple that with being a teacher and, you know, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it was funny. Tim was talking about how I got started. I was actually serving on a, a school board of a small Lutheran grade school and our our chair of the school board was the commissioner at the Midcontinent Conference. And I said, I'm thinking about getting a job because our, our kids were, you know, our youngest was about to be in preschool. And he said, do you want a job? And I go, I don't even know what you do. I don't know. And he said, come talk to me. And I started two days a week, two hours a day. Hmm. And I just, here I am, hanging out. Yep. 
So, but it, again, I, I you know it was it was a natural thing. It wasn't it wasn't forced. I just started doing it, and then um, when Tim was when he retired in 2014 because of multiple sclerosis, I'm telling you that officiating community, they are our biggest advocates mm. and supporters yeah. in our fundraising efforts. I mean, they really, really, they care. They're just good people. And why would you ever not want to be part of that community? I'm happy to be part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's, it's a great community. I think that Brenda talked about this earlier, that the assignment issues, whether it's the good old boys network or it's just, uh, you know, the assignment process in general, is uh, it's it's a significant portion of this issue, and so, you know, I think changing that is is going to be one of the biggest challenges of the whole. Yeah, the whole, you're right. The whole pie. Right. And so, um, we're going to have to put a lot more work into that area, um, and, and you know. I don't even know if anybody knows how many assigners there are, and uh, you know. Nobody knows how many high school officials there are across the country. We think there's around 250,000 reps in all sports at the at just the high school level. So we we surveyed. But that's somewhat of a guess. Yeah, yeah. we surveyed the the state association, asking them to answer two questions: What's your state? How many officials do you have on your rosters? And we got. 40 responses, but some of the, a lot of the states are broken up in sections, mm -hmm. so we don't have all of those. But even the the high school federation didn't know yeah. how many there were. So they're doing a lot of really good stuff, the federation. Um, but again, they're I don't know how they how they do what they do because they are doing a lot of really good stuff for high school athletes, and you know they have the arts programs as well. They tell us that the arts programs, the, the judges there, get harassed as much as sport officials. So, you know, they're, they're just doing all this stuff, and they're trying to focus on, they're trying to figure out, okay, how do they focus on officiating? That's why I think they've been such a good partner to us, because we're kind of doing, we're just focused on the one thing, and they're doing, mm -hmm. man, oh man, I don't know how they do it. They have like three really big meetings a year. Yeah. One, one of the things, Paul, that you asked Brenda about earlier that Brenda's you know, been thinking through is that issue around, you know, you, you asked how many people have been recruited and how's it going. And um, mm. we found, or Brenda's found, I think, talking to the, the high school federation that, you know, they've been making a concerted effort to recruit. And they, you know, they want to recruit more referees. And they, they've done various campaigns, whether they're going after first responders type of individuals or, education. you know, education or, you know, different constituencies that maybe they try to, to get those people with those backgrounds to be referees. Um, but they, they get 16,000 responses, let's say, but then they kind of push them out to the different states because the people are from different areas of the country. Um, and so they get that part done, but then they're not really tracking over time. Did those people stay in? Yeah. What sports are they still doing? You know, um, so there's no robust system right now that's really doing the tracking that you were asking about. Yeah. And so, you know, while 
Brenda's effort has been around humanizing officials, and that's really the focus of, of official human. Um, certainly the recruiting area is another area of opportunity, and, and what the work that Brenda's doing is going to enhance the, the, the treatment and mm -hmm. therefore hopefully enhance the interest okay. and therefore enhance the retention. Um, but it's still undetermined, like, who would really be the ones to track that and, and measure recruitment, measure retention. Um, those are things that I'm not aware of anybody doing that. And, Paul, I, I think it's, it, it's, it's hard, too, um, to figure out. My foundation, the, the whole thing, and anybody I talked to in the beginning, that's great, you're going out and recruiting officials. That's great. That's great you're doing all that. But if you don't fix the humanizing them, it's not going to matter. You're, this cycle is just going to keep going. Yeah. So let's let's really focus here. And you know the the recruitment thing is kind of an offshoot of what we're doing. But if you don't fix the humanization of officials, we're never going to fix it. I mean, that's just my view. It doesn't seem like coaches get too held accountable by athletic directors and their schools for when they get mm -hmm. technical fouls and give the, the officials issues. It, do, it doesn't seem like there's any accountability on that end. You know, it, it's interesting, too, because the, the Federation does an, an AD retreat, a nationwide AD retreat, and um, that's one of the things that I'd like to get to them mm. Because if, if, if you have to get in front of them, they, they keep they now the federation does a great job of mentioning officially human, but I think until they put a face to a name and passion of the treatment of officials from administration down, I don't think we're going to make a great change until we until we yeah. or somebody else has that opportunity. Right, because we don't talk about athletic directors. Right, right. They're the game managers as well. Yeah. They're the on-site administration, and they're the ones that are monitoring their team and their coaches' behavior yeah. as well. Yeah. So they're a major player in this that, that I've, I've left out. You know, yeah. I think fans, parents, coaches, but athletic directors. But, but also, let's face it, in smaller communities, the AD and the coach is the same person mm -hmm. many times. Conflict of interest. So yeah. there is some of that uh, in play also you in know, certain areas. Earlier this year, uh, a friend of mine sent me a, a something on Facebook that a high school dean of students and assistant football coach puts on Facebook that it's a shame that the officials made the outcome of the game. It was two unsportsmanlike calls in the first quarter of the game. Basically just annihilates the officials. So I screenshot it and I sent it to their their superintendent Good. and the school board and to the state of Illinois and said, this is unacceptable. The superintendent of schools never responded. I said, I'd be happy to come down and talk to all your coaches and your administration about the treatment, the positive treatment of officials. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Yet, the, now the state of Illinois says, well, where'd you get that? I'm not on social media. Um, I don't track all this stuff. Every once in a while I get it, but yeah. And then they took it down a couple days later, but that was on the parent group. Yeah. You did that with the parents. You know what it is? This is high on our list. This isn't high on a lot of people's lists. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like not a big deal. Right. Right. They're just refs at a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it may not fully resonate until there literally can't be a game. Until they can't come to the game. There is no game because there is no officials. they got to feel that and, a little bit. And that may be what it takes, but hopefully we can head it off before that. Mm -hmm. Because none of us wants that. 
that. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not that's not good for the game. That's not good for the kids. One of the one of our ideas for a PSA is to have um, like the the championship game of a you know seven or eight year old t- team. Maybe it's a boy girl team and a girls team and. You know, they're getting ready at home and getting in the van. Oh, did you get your water bottle? You know, got to run back in and get that. Just really what we go through every day as parents, right? And then they get to it, and there's a sign. We are really sorry. The championship game for today has been canceled because we don't have officials. That hits home with people. But how do you keep it positive and real? So that's one of the things we're doing. One of, the, one of the things on the signage front is that issue of the balance between um, the carrot and the stick. And so, you know, while, while we may want to be as aggressive as we can with, you know, you need to act better and do this better, be a better person, we're also trying to be positive. So, and humor. You know, you know, and we're trying to be humorous and, and yeah, you could execute lots of both. different things. Yeah, so, definitely. So you'll find when, when Brenda sends you the signage, you know, we're trying to, she's trying to walk that line. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, she's, I understand. She's trying to, you know, it's really about multiple things, but it's really about expectation setting from from the administration or the venue, the venue. expectations. But it's it's expect expectations of the coaches, the parents and fans, and the participants or the players. And so let's set expectations for all of them. And uh, at the end of the day, though, we need somebody at that venue or at that school that's going to enforce sure. the people that get out of line. And that becomes a little more difficult because sometimes, as I said, the AD is the coach. The coach can't go get the fan out of the stands because they're coaching. Mm-hmm. They, they can't go yeah. be the enforcer. And they're the AD. And so we got to, you know, those are kinds of things that have to be overcome. Um, and not everybody will be the same situation. But the messaging of these signs and, and those kinds of things, aside from, saying there's a shortage and let's recruit and here's where you sign up or get more information. Um, it's trying to set expectations and it's trying to, you know, in your words, build that accountability. You know, you're expected to behave this way and if not, you'll you'll be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, it's it's trying to walk that line though, being positive. No, I get it. You're, you, like you said, you're trying to walk the line and I... I, I Compare that to the way I deal with coaches. Like, I'm very firm, but I'm very fair. Yeah. I'm very courteous and friendly, but I'm very direct. And, you know, we have a, we have a job to run the game and, and run the conversation and make sure that we're upholding the respect and sportsmanship of the game. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it is a fine line between being, like, tough and strong, but being compassionate and empathetic as well. So you have, mm-hmm. to, do, you have to do both. Yeah. Absolutely. You, have to do both. you know, one of the things that I've, I've learned over the, the years of doing this and it was always fun when new officials would come in and you could tell right away because of the camaraderie of, of officials, you could tell pretty quick if somebody's going to make it or not because you have to be confident without being arrogant. Absolutely. And that Fine is, line. That, that is so important in officiating. Really appreciate having you on. Any final thoughts for you? Uh, no, just keep doing what you're doing and, and fight the good fight for the whole officiating community. I, it, it's great to meet you. I'm glad with, that we connected, and you know, the more people I can introduce you to, and vice versa. I think I think we'll make a we're, we're going to make a change. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be overnight. We have to be patient. Well, I'm happy to be moving and, and pursuing that change with you. Yeah, you know? for sure.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to episode 70 of the Crown Refs podcast, the rest of my interview with Brenda and Tim Hilton of Officially Human. Coming up next.